Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Please be seated. The meaning of Easter is the opposite of Good Friday. Love is stronger than death. Our Easter proclamation that we have just said once again resists reduction to anything less than testimony to the extraordinary, this extraordinary, unnatural, world-changing event. We've all heard plenty of speeches in which someone is is attempting great and inspiring oratory and failing. I think about the final speech of the movie about Stephen Hawking when he concludes, where there is life, there is hope. Not bad for a personal credo, maybe, but not really a world-changer either. We're in for a lot more flaccid oratory as another presidential campaign system begins. Imagine, says Senator Cruz, which someone pointed out, said he sounds like John Lennon as he seeks to inspire us by his vision of America. Some will be hearing graduation addresses before too long, others doubtless uh, keynote speakers at, at uh, conferences. But none of them are founded on, and none of them draw from the extraordinary proclamation of this day. Christ is risen. Even the most uninspiring sermon is still founded on this world-changing, extraordinary proclamation that resists being made smaller than it is in order to accommodate our limited imaginations. There are many efforts to domesticate resurrection, the word that God raised Jesus from the dead. It has given rise, for example, to all kinds of analogies from nature in general and spring in particular, We think of butterflies emerging from their cocoons and bunnies proliferating with procreative abandon, natural events that point to the irrepressibility of life for sure, but not really images of resurrection. As I drove my daughter Alison to her school bus last Monday, we actually caught a glimpse of the Easter bunny. It ran out from the daffodils in the dark and then ran back in, made a hasty retreat. And certainly an unusual event can put us in mind of resurrection But it's not the same as a truly unnatural event we're gathered to celebrate this morning. Good Friday is death. That's regular. We know it. It's natural. Easter is life. Some theologians have offered a way of understanding Jesus' resurrection by reducing it to a grand story of some other natural occurrence, a rumor perhaps, that began among dispirited and mourning disciples. One of our younger members recently visited Chapel Hill in North Carolina, and he reported to his parents that he was at a dinner, and he was the only non-Tar Heel there, and he felt awkward when the whole table went into a mournful silence after talking about the legendary basketball coach, Dean Smith, who had died earlier this year. But by the time his parents reported this story to me, it had become the whole room went silent when Dean Smith walked in. I'll bet the place would have gone silent. (laughs) Easy to see how rumors get started, but that's not what happened with Jesus' resurrection. The ancients were not stupid. And while the idea of resurrection was what not new with the Christian movement, the claim that a man had been executed was now appearing to those who loved him was and remains fundamentally different. Unbelievable, even, perhaps. But still world-changing. Good Friday is about making things smaller. It's about managing anxiety. 
It's about undermining alternative claims and imposing a single version of truth. Today, instead, is about life beyond innuendo and rumor and small-mindedness and being right and the like. Today is about the transforming power of love, transforming power in every one of our lives. Even some of the deepest theological minds can appear to reduce the importance of what we proclaim and celebrate this day by their focus on Good Friday, their efforts to make the violent nature of Jesus' death redemptive in some way. There is nothing about Jesus' bloodshed, nothing about Jesus' agony or sweat that is redemptive in any way, except perhaps that it reveals the consequence and depth of the human sin that led to his death on the cross in the first place. If all the real work was done on Friday, then today becomes nothing more than a kind of divine pat on the head for a job well done, not really something essential for those who desire abundant life. But that's not it. Today is the essential differentiator of Jesus' life and work from any other. Today is the affirmation of his fidelity, his assurance that the worst thing in life is not death. The worst thing in life is breaking faith with the source of that life. For it's what happens at Easter that overcomes the power of death and the limits of our imagination. Good Friday is about sin and death and degradation. And today is about the extraordinary power of love and the things we can face when we know without a doubt that we are beloved. No one knows what really happened on that first Easter morning. Mark tells only of an empty tomb and instruction that the disciples seek Jesus in Galilee. He has risen. It's the earliest proclamation of the resurrection we have. Certainly there are clues in the gospel Stories. This was not, res this was not res resuscitation. This was not Lazarus redux. Jesus was not recognized by most by his looks, but in characteristic acts, calling those who knew him and loved him by name, standing in their midst, interpreting scripture, breaking bread, breakfasting on the seashore, and so on. Whatever happened that morning, this much is clear. Death is not the last word in life. Death is no longer our ultimate horizon, and we can begin to live with a kind of freedom that comes from really knowing that death is not the end all of life. We've dwelt enough on death in the week past. One friend of mine said, enough already, move on, resurrection. Maybe that was faith. Maybe that was denial It's very easy sometimes for those two things to look similar to each other. But it was, of course, the forces of death that sent Jesus to the cross. Those same forces that are revealed for what they really are in this story. Nothing more than, a vi than violent, coercive human mechanisms for managing anxieties, for trying to dominate our environments, for providing a measure of certainty or security, and anything and everything else that leads us to spend billions of dollars on fascinating military hardware. I confess, I like aircraft carriers and submarines. It doesn't make sense, it's just there. You might have seen articles in the New York Times a week or so ago about how we treat maximum security risk prisoners, and then a separate article about how very, very differently they do it in Norway. And I became 
aware once again of my own anxiety and, and find myself glad that we have aircraft carriers and submarines and I'm glad that we have the means to put some people away even while I think we resort too easily to war and have too many people behind bars. In other words, I became aware of my own anxiety about invasive or unregulated individuals or invasive unregulated governments or movements and I'm happy to see them constrained in some way. And at the same time, I know that such coercive constraint is not the real stuff of life. That it doesn't partake of the life we celebrate today. That it doesn't give rise to signs of the resurrection. Because this day is about our sure and certain knowledge that even when we are compromised, even when we fail to live up to it, the truth of the resurrection is that love is stronger than death that love is the worst, last word in life, and that when we know ourselves beloved, we can face anything. Even our fears, even our own anxieties, even our own sin, even our compromised integrity, and begin to live anew. We can begin again and again and again, reaching for that Easter life. Easter life is just that, the assurance of love and living as though death were not. We're all going to die, but the power of death has been conquered. Yes, we're going to die, and yes, we can and do experience loss and challenge, but at the same time, yes, we can respond to that challenge with grace as beloved people, and yes, we can live in ways that bestique the truth that love is stronger than death. We can find ways not to use those submarines and carriers in war. We can find ways other than killing them, to incarcerate far fewer human beings than we do today. We can bear witness to the extraordinary fact of Jesus' resurrection, both in how we live our personal lives and how we manage our public policy, because we put our trust in the one who gives life, the one who raised Jesus from the dead. And because that, we forever make the same proclamation Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.